chapter 33. We'll be there in a minute. Um, Chris, Chris, uh, as you know, loads all of my sermon notes and everything uh, into the computer so he can project all, it all. And uh, he, he tonight, as he was doing that, he said to me, ah, "This is a weird, pa- uh, a weird, uh, <laughs> weird pastor." Yes. Um, <clears throat> Uh, yeah, he said, this is a weird message. And I, I said, yeah. And he said, there's no points. And he said, do you have the, the title of your sermon and a bunch of verses? And th- there you go. Uh, and uh, so anyway, so yeah, if you're keeping notes, uh, there are no po- It's It's going to be an easy message to keep notes on, I, I hope. Um, but I do want to say this. Yeah, there's, you know, you know just... Uh, anyway, I, I do want to say this. Uh, I, I announced it this morning. I wanted to say it again tonight in case there's anybody here that, that didn't hear the message this morning. Um, next Sunday morning, I am planning on putting forth uh, what I believe is God's vision uh, for our church moving forward um, into the near future. And... Um, I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to sharing that with everybody. Um, so if you, uh, what? Yeah, a month early. Yeah. Um, but if you, uh, for whatever reason, don't normally catch the Sunday morning message, um, you, you may want to see it on Facebook or whatever, um, because uh, it's going to be important important for us moving forward uh, into the new year. So. <clears throat> Psalm chapter 33 is uh, <clears throat> where we're going to start tonight. We're only going to be one verse in, in that chapter here in just a minute. Um, but we've been doing this uh, Facing the Giants uh, series that we've been, been doing. I think this, is, this one is 14 or 15 different uh, topics that we've talked about uh, that we all face and struggle with um, <clears throat> tonight. Uh, uh, it may be, I haven't decided yet, but it may be the last one. We may, we may do one more, I, I'm not sure. Uh, but tonight will probably be the last of the, uh, in, in this series. Um, <clears throat> so the one that we're going to talk about tonight, I mentioned this morning, uh, facing the giant of decision-making. Facing the giant of decision-making. This giant in our lives can be for a lot of people uh, very crippling and paralyzing. Um, some people absolutely uh, lose control when it comes time to make decisions. And I, 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 tonight, my hope is that um, that we come up there's really there's really one simple truth and we're going to see it over and over and over in the message tonight there's one very simple truth that will help us in making difficult decisions and i say that it's one simple truth but how many of you know the difference between uh something that's simple in concept and something that's simple uh, in in practice. Okay, it, it, the concept here is really simple. 
putting it into practice it takes a lot of work. Nobody that I know likes making difficult decisions. Uh, I, I think all of us try to avoid them as much as possible. Now, <clears throat> you, you can ask my wife, I try my best to avoid difficult decisions as much as possible. It's just, that's just the, my nature. I, I try not, I, I'm just not a very confrontational person uh, by nature, so I avoid it at all costs. <clears throat> Nobody likes making decisions that affect other people. Not that I know of, anyway. And nobody, absolutely nobody, likes making the wrong decision. Now, <clears throat> stupid question. How many of you have made wrong decisions? <laughs> We've all been there. Does anybody have any clue of how many decisions you make every day? Huh? Thousands? Okay. There, there is a specific number out there. I, 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 I was amazed. Okay. 382. 382. Oh, okay. Okay. The first one would be getting out of bed in the morning. Okay. Yeah, the first one's get, getting out of bed, right. Um, but a, according to various internet sources, the estimate for an adult making... Uh, decisions is uh, remotely 35,000 decisions every day. Okay. Uh, on average, the average adult makes a, about 35,000 decisions every day. No, 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 wait, wait. Okay. Let me, let me qualify that. That, that those are conscious decisions. Okay, you make you make decisions all the time and, and, and that are non unconscious or anyway, you know what I mean. Um, uh, subconscious, yeah, there you go. So, but thirty five thousand conscious decisions every day. <clears throat> this this number sounds a, a, a little absurd, but when you factor in now, now this this number really kind of freaked me out a little bit. We make. 262.7, I don't know how you get a 0.7 decision, but 226.7 decisions each day just on the subject of food. <laughs> and that, that, that is according to researchers at Cornell University. Uh, as as your level of responsibility increases, and this is understandable, as your level of responsibility increases, <clears throat> so do the smorg smorgasbord smorgasbord of uh, choices that we are faced with. <clears throat> American consumers have come to expect uh, an an incredible variety of choices. Each day we are faced with increasing numbers of choices uh, which which of the thousands of cable channels do I watch you know um, how how do I want my coffee today 
What, which coffee shop am I going to go to? Um, how, how do, uh, you know, we, we struggle with the decision of, okay, do, do I want to cook or do I want to go to Taco Bell? You know, we, we have these choices that we make all day, every day. You and I have been given by God a free will to make choices. What to eat, what to wear, what to buy, what to believe. Uh, what 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 job or career I want to follow, uh, how to vote, who to vote for, how to spend my time, uh, and the list can go on and on and on and on and on. In fact, my list does continue to go on and on and on. The author of the article that I'm reading from uh, wrote this. He said, uh, his name is uh, Dr. Joel uh, Holman. He said, uh, each choice carries certain consequences, good and bad. The ability to choose is an incredible and exciting power that we have been entrusted with by our Creator and for which we have an obligation to be good stewards of. I, I, I like this quote so much, I had, I had Chris put it up for us uh, tonight. Uh, but what what in you know one of the things that I want I want to he he says something here that uh, oftentimes we we fail to realize in the realm of decision making and that and that is this the this ability to choose is an in, incredible and exciting what's that next word power. See, I, how many of you have ever stopped to realize that when God gave us a free will, by doing that, He was empowering us? See, we have the power. We have that incredible and exciting power to choose for ourselves. And when we misuse that power, is when we make wrong choices. I think when he said this, how he, the way he worded it really helps put in perspective the power that we possess in our decision-making. You know, one of the things that as parents we try to do as parents is teach our children how to make right choices and how many of you parents have tried your best to get your children to make right choices and in the process make them mad right you know Oh, I, you know, especially when they're teenagers, you know, they, they want to, I want to make my own choice, you know, but what's, what's the problem with that, with that thinking? Most of them aren't mature enough to make that, those levels of choices. So as a parent, what are you trying to do? <clears throat> You're trying to guide their thinking. Well, oftentimes, what do they do? They rebel against that. And they, they are misunderstanding that you're, you're just trying to help them 
exercise power that is God-given. God delights in revealing His will to mankind. Look at Psalm chapter 33 and verse 18. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear Him, upon them that hope in His mercy. Turn over to Psalm chapter 35 and verse 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteousness my excuse me, favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Turn over to Psalm chapter one forty seven. Chapter 147, verse 11. The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear Him and those that hope in His mercy. Now, what I want to do here, and this is, again, this is kind of an unusual message. Um, Chris figured it out before I had a chance to tell you. But what I want to do now is I want to stop and I want to talk about a real life situation. A a real life situation that each of us, in a sense, but more, more specifically, I'm going to be talking about myself tonight. Some of the decisions that I as a pastor have had to make in in reference to Grace Baptist Church and COVID-19. And the the complexity of the decisions that have had to be made. And 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 the the reason I'm doing this is not to lift myself up or or anything, but to try and give you a a, a hopefully a different perspective so that well, anyway, just 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 bear with me. I, I, I hope that this, this will be a help and a blessing to you. <clears throat> As we all know, COVID-19 has brought with it a myriad of difficulties, um, uh, to say the least. So I'm going to give you nine thought processes that I have had to go through in order to come to conclusions of of what and how Grace Baptist Church is going to move forward in in these very difficult and troubled waters of COVID-19. The first perspective is my job. I'm a pastor. Uh, Think about that for a minute. My job is to gather people during a time where gathering people is discouraged. Right? I mean, think about it. You know, my job is to bring people together for church. 
and at the same time, people outside the church are telling us not to gather. How do we how do we balance this? That's thought thought process number one. Number two, we have a big biblical ordinance or command to assemble. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 is just one of many, but it's the probably the most obvious. It says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, <clears throat> assembling is a clear mandate in Scripture. And according to this verse and others, there is no uh, exception for worldwide pandemics. There's not. Okay? Thought, proce num thought process number three. Spiritual well-being. As a pastor, one of my many jobs is to make sure that our flock is fed spiritually. Hebrews chapter 11, or excuse me, chapter 13, verse 17. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, <clears throat> for they what? Watch for your souls. As they that must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with, with grief, for that is unprofitable unto you. See, I, have, I am commanded by Scripture to make sure that the, the people that attend Grace Baptist Church are fed spiritually. <clears throat> it is a heavy burden that every pastor carries. Thought process number four. <clears throat> Legal regulations. Legal regulations. Because of the pandemic uh, uh, has become politicized, the medical issues have become fuzzier than they should be. There are and I believe this with all my heart. Our elected officials have been placed in Carson City and Washington, D.C. by God. Can I get an amen? Okay. Whether we believe with them politically or not, it does not matter. God put them there. And I'll be honest with you. We can complain all we want if we disagree with them, uh, how they're handling COVID-19. But I will say this, I would not want to be in their shoes. Okay? I have to believe that they are doing everything that they can to keep us safe. I have to believe that. Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Let every soul be subject 
to the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are what? Ordained of God. Process, thought process number five. Physical well-being. The physical well-being of the family of Grace Baptist Church is a high priority in my, in my thinking. Now I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna read my statement here because I typed it when I typed this, but I'm gonna read it so I I, I want to make sure I, I say it the way I I meant I meant to anyway. The physical well-being of our church family is far more important than my opinion. The physical well-being of our church family is far more important than my opinion. Thought process number six. Medical information. Now, <clears throat> I have tried my best, absolutely my best. And really, I, I, I can say this with all the sincerity and that I can muster. Uh, my wife has spent countless hours listening to podcasts and the, the announcements from CDC and listening to news conferences and, and, and doing all that she can uh, and then on top of that, I've I've even done some of it, but really she has she has done an, an an incredible job trying to stay informed to the best of our ability. Part of the problem is the information on COVID nineteen is literally all over the map. So it comes down to who do you believe? You go to this source and you go to that source and 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 there's it's it it, it is a it is a mess at best because this expert will say something that absolutely contradicts this expert. Now I want to say this again. This is an emphatic statement. COVID is a real medical issue. If anybody tells you, oh, it's made up, it's ridiculous, it's ludicrous, blah, 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 stay away from them. They're an idiot. Okay, this is a real thing. And it is, it is affecting people in a real way. Thought process number seven. We're almost done. I'm getting there. Okay. Thought process number seven. The perception of people that are concerned. Think about this for a second. There are a lot of people in our community that are watching to see what the churches in our community are doing. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. We are commanded 
That is a command, by the way. We are commanded to show concern and deference to others. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3 and 4. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Thought process number eight, the testimony to the community. Now, again, I'm going to make some statements here, and I want you to, to understand the heart behind these statements. The, the cause of Christ must be preeminent in everything that we do. Okay? Now, I am not talking about cowing down to the whims of the unsaved. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is, is the legitimate testimony of Christ in our, in our community. I'm not worried about what people think of me, but I am worried about what people think of Christ. And thought process number nine, and probably the most important, the leadership of God. The leadership of God. James chapter 1. Verses 5 and 6. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. And it, sh <clears throat> and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the, uh, of the sea, driven with, with the wind and tossed. It is easy to say that this pandemic that we're in uh, has caused me to spend many, many hours in prayer. Um, I gave you nine things that affect every decision that we've made as a church moving forward. But I believe the most important is number nine. Because <clears throat> I, 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 have, I have talked to, literally, I've talked to pastors literally all over the country. And, and I'm, you know, my question typically is, hey, what, what are you doing with this scenario? What are you, what are you doing with this scenario? And, and you can get as many people as you talk to, you can get as many decisions or, or, or opinions. But the only opinion that I'm really concerned about is the opinion of, of the Almighty God. You know, we have an obligation as a church to keep people safe, do we not? If, if, if you can't come to church and be safe, then, then where can you go? 
See, <clears throat> decisions are an act of the will. And they will always influence the mind and the emotions. And as we make decisions, you know, one of the <clears throat> one of the things that I said at the beginning and, and, and is true, I, I, I am the kind of person that avoids decisions as, as long as possible. I, I, I want to pray about and know beyond a shout of a doubt how God wants me to move forward on everything. But over the last several months, you know, my wife has come to me and she said, Rick, we, we need to make a, a decision concerning, you know, whatever. And <clears throat> uh, it's okay. Next day, hey, have, have, we, have you made a decision yet? No, I haven't made a decision yet. Next day, have you, Rick? We need to know in two days. And sometimes it's been up to that, to the moment. Why? Why do you think I do that? Because I, I like to drive her nuts. <laughs> no, it's because I need the wisdom of God more than I need anything else. Now I'm weighing the legalities. I'm 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 weighing in my mind the 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 uh, uh, instructions from our government officials. I'm weighing in my mind the biblical mandates and trying to balance and do all of these things and and stay true to Scripture, but yet fulfill my obligations to to keep people healthy. That's a, that that is, you know, I'm using myself as an example, but in reality, can we not? Well, let, let, let me put it to you this way: in reality, if we take COVID-19 out of the mix, do we not all deal with complex? issues in our own lives. You know, I, I, I gave you nine and I could have probably come up with a couple more had I really thought about it. But so often we, we deal with things in our lives that have so many moving parts and we, we can get bogged down with the pressure of this person and the pressure of this person and, and this family member and that family member and my friend over here. And then, okay, this is what the word of God says. And, 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 you know, and we can, we can get all of these moving parts going in our thought process. How then, how do we sort it all out? You know, sometimes we we feel like we're a juggler and we got all these you know these little balls and they're all in the air at one time and it's like okay how do I keep all of this moving? 
the giant of decision making. And what we do oftentimes is, is we can become so overwhelmed, we don't make a choice. We, we run from choices. I would love to be able to do that, but I can't, and neither can you. So, decisions that we make reflect the desires of our hearts. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee. But his heart is not with thee. Psalm chapter 119 verse 30. I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. Question. How do we move forward when we face the giant of decision making? How do how do we move forward? And I told you the answer is really really simple. Are you ready? Brandon, what is it? Walk with God. Walk with God. Brandon, <laughs> Brandon and I have, have a little joke between it. Well, I don't, it, a little, it's, a, it's not a joke, but it's kind of a thing. For years, when Brandon would come up against something, he would come to me, and I, I got so frustrated with him, like, dude, just walk with God. <laughs> You know, I just, you know, how many of you ever been there? You know, just, you know, just leave me alone, man. Just walk with God. (laughs) So he he came to me the other day and he says, you know, thank you for telling me that because that's what I needed. It's not, it's, it's really not very complex. It's just a matter of us walking with him. See, when we walk with God, we know God's heart. We know God's desires. So when decisions need to be made, if I'm walking with God, then decision-making becomes a little easier because I know how God thinks. Those of us that are married uh, know exactly what I'm talking about. My, my wife and I have been married almost 39 years. And in 39 years, we, we finish each other's sentences. We know what each other wants. I, it, it, it's just part of life. But see, if, 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 if I don't know her, if I have not spent time with her, then I don't know what's on her heart. And what, what we have found in the 39 years that we've been married, there have been times and in, re, in recent history, not I mean, not in the last week or so, but, you know, last couple of years, where I've had to go to her and say, okay, what's wrong? What, what did I do? What, what did I say? 
What, 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 what had happened in our relationship? We, we had drifted apart. I could no longer read her mind. I didn't know what was going on. And see, that's what happens with our relationship with God. There, we go through seasons where, where we drift away from God. And we don't, we don't walk with Him. We don't understand His desires. His desires are not my desires. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. He that walketh in his uprightness feareth the Lord, but he that is uh, perverse in his ways despiseth him. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12. There is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. That verse always scares me, by the way. Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 2. Every way of man is right in his own eyes. Did you see that? What's the first word in that verse? Every. See, if, if I'm making decisions based on my desires, chances are those decisions are not good and right decisions. But if I'm walking with God and His desires are my desires, then my choices are not my choices, they're His choices. All 35,000 a day. Every way of man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the heart. As we put our trust in the Lord, and we walk with Him, rather than trusting in our own wisdom, then His ways become our ways. His desires become our desires. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 11, I have taught thee the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. Psalm 119 verse 33 to 40, Teach me, O Lord, thy, uh, the way of thy statutes, and then I shall keep it unto the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. Incline mine heart unto thy testimony and not to covetousness. Turn away mine eye from beholding vanity and quicken me in the way, in thy way. Establish my word unto thy servants, uh, unto thy servant who is devoted to thy fear. Turn away my reproach, which I fear, for the judgments are good. Behold, I have longed after thy precepts. Quicken me in thy righteousness. God wants our decisions 
to bring honor and glory to him. Now, I want to I kind of go back and did you see a theme in Psalm 119 verses 33 to 40? I don't know if you picked up on it, but I did. Over and over and over, David said, teach me, show me, make me, turn mine eyes away, establish thy word. What, what, was, what was David telling God? I need you. I, I cannot do this on my own. I need your word. I need you to be involved in my life. But what happens so often in our lives? Oh, that's okay, God. I got it. You know, those of you that know me <clears throat> know that I, I, I love old John Wayne movies. I, I just, I, I love them, okay? I can't help it. I know it's carnal, but I do, okay? Especially some of the black and whites. Man, they're just awesome. <clears throat> but you know one of the bad, the, one, of the, one of the worst things John Wayne did for our society? If you fall off the horse, get back on it. That, that independence that John Wayne had. Bless God, I can do it. That is anything but godly. God wants us dependent on Him. Now, does it, God want us to stand on our own two feet? Absolutely, He does. But He wants us to do it with Him. John Wayne did a lot to hurt our society today. Because he was kind of the trailblazer with that attitude. I still like his movie, though. Sorry. Yeah, including the one I watched today. Oh, The, the, the Quiet Man? Did y'all, y'all, oh, what a classic. What a classic. Anyway. <clears throat> See, God, God wants our desires, our, our, excuse me, our decisions to bring honor and glory to Him. See, when we walk with Him and we make our decisions based on His desires, then who does it bring glory to? Him. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31. Whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever you do, do what? Do all to what? The glory of God. See, decision making becomes a lot easier when we understand that our decisions are to bring honor and glory to God, not to ourselves. But what happens? I know I, I can speak honestly. I, I realize I'm on the internet. That's okay. There's not a person in this room that hates wearing a mask more than me. You can say, no, I hate it. No, you, you don't. I, I can't stand it. It, it, it. it absolutely drives me crazy. But why do I do it? 
do it do I wear a mask because the governor of Nevada tells me I have to that's not why that's not why because if that was the reason why I wouldn't wear it because I I need to obey them that are in authority over me and everything that I do needs to bring honor and glory to God. Because the testimony of Christ is at stake. Again, I don't care what people think of Rick Lynn. But I do care what people think of Jesus Christ. So, how do we move forward? How do we face the giant of decision making? Walk with God. Walk with God. Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. We're almost done. Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. He has shown thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. That We have one duty. We have one duty. And that is to humbly walk with God. That is our one duty. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 11. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I forgot to turn the page. Um, what did Paul tell us, uh, tell Timothy uh, in, in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12? Let no man, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. In word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. What, it, what was Paul telling young, the young preacher Timothy? Be an example in every area of your life. Because people are watching. And people will form their opinion of Jesus Christ based on your actions. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Decision making is much, much, much more difficult when it involves painful choices. And oftentimes those that involve others. Have you have you ever been? I have been, unfortunately, many times. But have you ever been in in a, in a situation that no matter what the choice is, it's going to be bad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we've all been there. So how do you make those kind of choices? How do you how do you make a decision that knowing 
that if I'm going to go this way or this way, it's going to affect this person or this person or this group of people, this group of people, or it's going to affect my finances or, 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 or all of these, all of these moving parts. How do we, we get, we get into situations where we have all of these moving parts and we think, how in the world am I going to make a decision? I don't know which way to go. Nobody wants to be there. But if we will simply walk with God and desire what He desires, is it, is it going to make the painful situation go away? No, it won't. No decision I make will ever make COVID-19 go away. But it will affect how I handle it. And handling it with the right heart attitude can make all the difference in the world. See, I can put a mask on as much as I hate it. I can put a mask on and I can wear it and I can be okay with it. Not because I'm wearing it to please any person, but because I'm wearing it to please Him. Making decisions can be challenging at best. But we can never forget the promises that God gives us. I'm the kind of person that, <clears throat> other than the fact it absolutely drives my wife crazy, uh, I, I never look back. When I make a decision, I never look back. I, I, never, I never allow myself to play the what-if game. What, what if I had done this? Or what if I had done that? or what? You know, I, I don't do that. And this is why. Let me, let me read you some verses. And, and this is why I don't play this game because I, I, I have to trust in the promises of God. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. My peace comes from my heavenly Father, not from the circumstances of this world. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. When I make a decision, I do it based on the fact that I'm walking with God. And when I make that decision, my desire is His desire. It says, In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. So for me, to, for, for me to make a decision and get down the road a little ways and look back and say, Wow, I wish I hadn't done that. What did I just do? I just called God a liar. 
if I'm walking with Him. If I'm walking with God, when I make a decision, then I make the right decision. I have to believe that. John chapter 8 and verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Again, let me ask the question. How do we move forward when we are facing the giant of decision making? Real simple. Just walk with God. I told you in 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 it's an easy precept, but it's not always easy to practice, is it? Or is it? Is it easy to walk with God? It can be. You know, the first the first couple of years Melanie and I were married was was um it was great. We got along great. Why? Because we were in love, right? Okay. But year three set in. Y'all know where I'm going. Year three set in, four, five. Uh, yeah, things weren't so lovely anymore. She snored. No, I'm teasing. Uh, you know, then all of a sudden, the little, the little things that she did that drove me crazy started bothering me. <laughs> what? Me? See, but what happens now? 39 years. Our love for each other is stronger now than it's ever been. And, and I'll be honest with you, and I'm just being honest. It takes work at 39 years. It takes work. But it's a lot easier now than it was 37 years ago. It's a whole lot easier now. Why? Because we know each other so much better. See, when we walk with God, it, it it's always going to be hard, but it gets easier. The more you get to know Him, the more you want to get to know Him. And the more you spend time with Him, the more you want to spend more time with Him. That should be our desire. 